Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, everyone. It's Amanda Rieger-Green. Welcome to Soul Sessions. Today, I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest, Lindsay Marino. She is an internationally recognized evidential psychic medium. She helps other psychic mediums develop their gifts and grow their businesses. She's also a former third grade teacher. She lives in Florida. She's married and just as down to earth and accessible as they come. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. I am thrilled to have this conversation. I found Lindsay on social media a couple of years ago, just in shared interest. And like I was telling Lindsay before we got on the call, probably following intuition, psychic mediumship as hashtags. And she popped up one day and there's sometimes just those people we connect with or we're drawn to. And, and I followed her for quite a bit. So I am excited to dive into a conversation around mediumship. First of all, Lindsay, can you tell our listeners what evidential psychic mediumship is and means and how you practice that? Before we even talk about it, how you have developed your gifts, yeah. how do how does that show up for you? What is it? Yes. Okay, so that's a great question. A lot of people ask me this and Evidential mediumship is when I get facts based off of the past loved one that's coming through. It could be about memories that they had in this life. It might even be the job that they had. Sometimes they'll even share their name, not always, but sometimes that will come through. And then really things that you can actually prove by talking to the person that's receiving the reading. So it's just evidence-based messages, but I like to mix the evidence with the presence of past loved ones. So it's not just like, okay, I'm just going to give a bunch of facts and, you know, that's it. There's going to be some sort of healing that takes place with it. I so I like that. to fix that. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you just said you connect the evidence with the presence because that's where the essence is. But oftentimes I know for me and the way that my gifts of mediumship work and they are evidential, but oftentimes it's connecting the essence and the memory, and we need tangible things. We need facts. We need, for me, with my loved ones that have passed, I have such vivid memories and things that are personal. And when I know that with clients, when they hear that personal element, it also helps someone's energy field to relax and become more open. And I'm sure you experience that with people when people do open up and there's that healthy vulnerability that exists. And then I'm sure you also experience it with people are resistant. Does that resonate? Yes, totally. And it's funny because I actually was that skeptical person. I remember getting dragged to go to, it was a psychic when I was in high school and my friend said, just come with me and get a psychic reading. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this is a sin. I don't know if I want to because I'm Catholic. 
And I went there anyways, I did go there. And I was one of those people where I was like crossing my arms and I, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't even know what I believed. And she was kind of sent, sharing general information in my mind at that point. And I wasn't open to it. And when you're not open to it, it's actually harder to read the person. So I found it, it, it just makes it 10,000 times harder. So I usually the people that come to me are pretty open, but I've experienced some that I can remember very clearly because it felt like I was walking through glue, trying to get information from their past loved ones. And it was evidential, but they're like, well, you know, anyone could have that happen. So they weren't open to it, you know? So it really makes a big difference. It's almost like a triangle. I always compare it to like this triangle where we're connecting in with the past loved ones as the medium and the sitter receiving the reading is also staying open to kind of go back into their mind, into their heart and thinking, wait, do I remember that memory? Did that come up? And of course, I don't want people saying yes when it's a no, but don't shake your head no before the info comes out fully, you know, because that really can be hard. That makes so much sense. And I love that you said when someone's energy isn't open, it's like walking through glue. That's the way that I feel it. It's almost like I am just going against the current, you know, when a wave knocks you down and you get up and then the next wave comes, it gets exhaustive. And I love doing what I do. And I know that you do because it shows all over your energy field and it comes from the heart. It's a gift and it's not us, you know, it's just God working through us, but it isn't, as fun and open when somebody is continues to remain skeptical. And and I think healthy skepticism is important. That's how we discern, that's how we listen, that's how we grow. But when somebody doesn't want it, and I'm I'm like you too. Most people who come to me are open and curious and seeking and searching for answers. So it usually is pretty aligned. But yeah, mm-hmm. when it isn't, we feel it and it does make totally. it difficult. Yeah, Yeah. it does. And I usually have to stop the reading. Like the few times that it's happened, I've actually said, okay, let's just take a moment and take a breath. And I want you to close your eyes. And I always tell my students this because a lot of them are like, what what happens if you get someone that's skeptical? It's going to happen. But I always say to do something that will cause them to open their heart. So even if it's a moment of just saying, I know you might not realize it, but you might be nervous or something's happening where there is a feeling I can't get in there. So I want you to close your eyes and think of something that makes you happy, whether it's a baby or a puppy, you know, something that makes your heart happy. And that really does something just by calling it out. Yeah. And in a really compassionate, loving way too, because I will tell you this, there have been times when I'm reading and someone is very closed off and then it reverberates back onto me and I begin to take on their energy. I begin to feel insecure. I begin to question my gifts, questioning what's coming through. And, and yeah. from years of doing this, I know that I get out of the way and I don't question, even if it makes no sense to me, usually it will make crystal clear sense to them. And I know yes. not to question, but that's what happens. So I love that you shared about saying, hey, let's take a minute and then refocusing right. on something heart-centered, familiar, comfortable, happy, joyful, because mediumship really and developing our intuition, connecting with our spirit. And that's one of the things um, that you say is mediumship isn't just about connecting with loved ones on the other side. It's connecting with our soul, with God, our truth, our knowing, it is really about our developing that dialogue with with something greater. I want to go back to what you said yeah. that is very striking and a question that comes up all the time. You talk about being Catholic. I am sure you get the question about your Catholicism, your beliefs, your Christianity, your religion, and how that either conflicts with or you know parallels with your gifts. Talk to me a little bit about that and when people ask you, about, you know, where your gifts come from. And if it is, I'm just going to say it, a sin or Mm -hmm. something, you know, that is lower vibrational. How do you respond to that? Yeah. So this is a common question. Actually, a lot of people that are Catholic end up coming to me because on my website, I talk about being Catholic. Yeah. So when I was little, I thought everything was a sin. Anything at CCD that I was told, I believed, and I was always praying to the Blessed Mother. I I wanted to be like St. Catherine of Siena. She was a, 
saint that I had to do a report on and she would pray the Hail Marys on each step. I wanted to be like her. I was always holding the rosary beads and everything. And it wasn't that my parents put the pressure on me at all. I think I put more of the pressure on myself. So I can relate in that way, but it wasn't until my own loved one passed that I started to recognize that, wait a second, this is really healing to me that I'm receiving messages from my past loved one and it's okay it's healing it's loving there's nothing that's that's happening that's that's not good it's pure love and it's proof that we don't die and when that started to happen to me and I started to open up to get messages for other people I started to recognize that same healing and my belief system changed and I think at that point when you're in so much grief when you just want to connect with your past loved one The whole religious aspect of it being a sin went out the door because I was like, I just want to connect with him. I want to make sure that that he's okay. So I kind of deleted the religion aspect of thinking it was a sin. I'm just like, I just want to connect. And it kind of broke me open to think, wait, it doesn't have to be so rigid and think this is a sin. So when I talk to people, I tell them that story. And I always say some people are ready and some people aren't. And I would never push this on anyone. Just like when I was Catholic, I never pushed the idea that you have to be Catholic on people. I would just do it from a space of if someone asked me a question, I would answer it. Um, And that's how I feel with mediumship, too. Yeah, it's not dogmatic. It's not rigid. It's actually expansive. And it feels that way, just like we were talking about energy and resistant energy you are very in tune and I am very in tune with, we feel when stuff is resistant versus when it's expansive, open and fluid. And also, I love that you said you recognize through the loss of your loved one. And I'm going to have you talk about that in a little bit and about the development of your gifts, the genesis of that. But you talked about it was healing and you wanted to know, oh my goodness, you know, the soul lives on. I know that with acute grief and the grief that I've experienced and the loss of loved ones, it's a human experience because the soul, while they may be working through lessons and seeing things through a bigger, you know, lens on the other side, as far as their evolutionary aim and infinite growth, the human self is what grieves and can be more separate than through our ego. So the healing aspect of mediumship and connection and that knowing and knowing that souls are with us, our loved ones are with us. It's not the same. I lost my mom recently and uh, my dad's been deceased for a long time, but I lost my mom and she was very open, ready to go to the other side. But all of the human things came up for me. And of course, we had lots of really rich dialogues leading up to her crossing over. And the experience was divine and profound. And it was heartbreaking and hard, you know, on the human side of things. And of course, I want to pick up the phone or text her. And it's funny, because I have that human moment of, oh, shoot, I can't do that. And then I almost, you know, about five seconds later, laugh because it's like, well, she already knew what I was thinking. She already knew. It's like it's like I already I, I picked up the phone or the text and it was instantaneous because that moment I thought it or wanted to share it, it was her connecting with me. But it's, of course, it's not the same as having a loved one right there. But I, I love the healing component of what you just shared. Talk to me about your experience in personal loss and how that catapulted you into mediumship. I think it's a beautiful story. Yeah. So first, I know I'm sorry doesn't make a difference when you're hearing that when you're grieving, no. but just I'm acknowledging what you just shared Thank about you. your mom. And I had goosebumps when you just shared that. And it's so beautiful that you had those. Yeah, I just got them too. <laughs> I know. I, it's amazing that we're having this conversation. Yeah. I'm sure everyone listening is feeling the same. Yeah. yeah. I feel like being a medium, it doesn't change the human aspect because you're still dealing with the pain but you know the bigger picture and you know that they're around us and that helps me. That actually was the thing that got me moving through my grief instead of avoiding it. So a lot of people were very uncomfortable with me grieving for, and I'm putting in quotes for so long because they wanted me to be happy. They wanted me to go out. I, I heard everything you could think of, you know, you should go and find someone else. You should do this. You should do that. They didn't know how to handle it. And for me, it might have been uncomfortable for them, but I was going through everything. I was, I was communicating with him 
Um, his name is Nick. He was And my this was your boyfriend, your person? Yes. Yeah. Yes, my boyfriend. And he had passed in a motorcycle accident. So it was very, every death is different. But it was just, what, I was 23 at the time. And I was just in a space where, you know, you think your life's going to go one way. And then all of a sudden it flips upside down. So for me, I was just like, okay, I need to get through this day. Or not even the day. I just need to get through the morning and get out of bed. But it was the conversations that we had before it happened that actually helped me. Because you know how you said you had a conversation with your mom? Well, this sort of in a different way, um, I had a conversation with Nick because we went to church the Sunday before and the whole mass was about grieving and what you would do if someone passed. And he had okay, wait, I have to stop you for a minute because, yeah. again, I have goosebumps because what you just touched on is one of the things that I've learned. And time we know that time is not linear. We experience it right. in a linear way, but it's so incredible how the divine pieces of the puzzle are happening all the time. And they may make sense later. They may never make sense. They come together in these miraculous ways for messages yeah. that are not linear and not logical. Okay, so go back. So you're you're yes. in this church service talking about yeah. losing loved ones. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. (laughs) Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! (laughs) Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, so go back. So you're you're yes. in this church service talking about yeah. losing loved ones. Right. And we had never been to church together before. This was the first and the last time we even went to church. Yeah. So it was all about grief. And, and he dealt with his own loss of his mom dying when he was 12. He was around the age of 12. So he said, if anything ever happened to me, I wouldn't want anyone to go into debt. I wouldn't want them to get into addiction. I'd want them to, and he would do this, keep on moving through their life. And I was like, what? I'm like, wait a second. So you're saying if I died, then you wouldn't, you know, be upset. He's like, no, that's not what I mean. But I want everyone to keep on going through their life and, and live their life because you got to keep on moving. 
And it was that message that he said to me that really stuck with me. And I still tell that story to people too, because it kept me going. You know, I, I was, it was my second day of teaching the third grade. I was just dragging myself to get out of bed, but I knew what he had said to me beforehand. And I truly believe now that I know that the soul knows before even the human knows. I, even all the readings that I've done, and you've probably experienced this before too, they know they do things and say things that you start to think about later after they pass. And you're like, why did they say it like that? Or why did they look at me that way or tell me this right before? And they might not know it on a conscious level, but their soul knows that something's going to happen. So there was a lot of pain in that, but I felt like the pain actually broke my heart open to let the light in. Like I thought I was grateful before about life. I thought I appreciated life before, but it wasn't until I was in the pain, I started to feel this unconditional love from the other side and, and really tapped into that where everything became more special. And I started to be really more grateful than I was before because I, I had no other option, but to see the beauty because I was in so much pain, if that makes sense. It is. And I'm, I'm just smiling over here because I'm so excited to talk to you. And now Uh-oh. that I, you know, that we connected and I've followed you and that this conversation is happening. I'm like, yes. I mean, <laughs> because for me, pain Yes, it can be healing, but it can be expansive. And seeing the world through a new set of glasses or for things to be more special, more meaningful, pain teaches me to be grateful when I move through it. And I don't I don't disregard the pain because pain it's not yeah. fun and it is painful. And it's important to process and feel through and be yeah. honest with and ask for support, all, all that using all of our, our resources and community and loved ones and support systems. But the pain can be this gorgeous catalyst for greater depth and meaning. One of the things that happened within the last couple of months in working through some of my active grief and losing my mom, I had this moment in meditation and I was doing some deep healing work and connecting and and allowing my body to process. And I had a moment where I experienced, and it was so transcendent, I experienced utter sadness. I mean, I was, it was, I was meditating and I felt engulfed in sadness. And it was the most loving sadness I have ever felt. It was as if my sadness was supported by all of my loved ones, my guides, my angels, my soul, my spirit, and God cradled in God. And it was like, oh, I can feel fully sad, not lonely or alone or apart from, but just so sad that it is safe and beautiful. Anyway, so it pain, sadness, all of those, the grief can be healing and expansive. So with your, I just had to say that because it it resonated (laughs) where you were talking about things being more special after the fact and finding your meaning. How did your mediumship develop? Like, how did he start communicating with you? Or how did you, did you connect with another medium? Who, how did you start receiving evidential messages and things coming together for that, that clarity? Yes. That's so beautiful what you just shared, too, because I understand that on so many different levels. For me, at the very beginning, I saw him at the foot of my bed soon after he passed. And then I blinked and then he was gone. But then I had another visitation from him when I was sleeping. So I was in a dreamlike state, but it was a visit from his soul. And he said, you're not going to see me for a while, but I'm still going to be around you. And that was a telepathic communication. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, but wait. Like I wanted, like I went to ask more questions and that was it. He just had a straight face. And normally people listening, if that's, if you've ever had a visitation, most likely they probably will have a straight face. I don't know if you found that before. I don't know the reasoning behind it. I just know that that's what I've experienced with my past loved ones where it's just a straight face and there's a telepathic communication. And then there's a feeling that comes over you, but that's where it started. And I would be in the car. I was like going to make a collage for him, for his funeral. And I felt like he was in the car, you know, same way I would feel if he was in the car in the living. Right. And I would just talk to him. 
and I would just say, okay, do you need more prayers? And then I went into CVS to go get the, the pictures printed. And I had just said, do you need more prayers? And I heard a little old guy behind me say, pray for trick. And his, and Nick was my boyfriend, my former boyfriend's name. And I had just said, do you need me to pray for you? He said, pray for trick. I thought he said, Nick. And I turned around. I said, I'm sorry, what did you just say? He said, pray for trick. And I said, who's trick? He said, I am. I could use all the prayers that I could get. I said, okay. And then I turned around and I turned back and he wasn't there. And I knew those little things that were little things, they were big things, just kept on happening. Now, to some people, they think, okay, she's going crazy. She's in deep grief. She's making these things, you know, bigger than they are. But I knew by the feeling of what I was getting. So all of these things that were happening just started to accumulate. And then I said, okay, if you're really around me, send me a medium to confirm everything I'm feeling. And then a skeptical friend of mine went out to a lunch meeting with a lawyer that he was working with for his website. He was working on the lawyer's website for him. And that lawyer has this ability to connect in. And Nick came through that lawyer and started to communicate with my friend. And my friend told me about the information that came forward. And it just kept building. And then I I would read every book there was. I would do automatic writing where he would write through my writing and just really was the open communication. And then I just, I went to take classes and developed this, this mediumship. So that's, that's a long story about how it all happened, but there were little mini pieces and a lot of pain in between where I could hardly get out of bed, but it was the signs that actually kept me going. It was, it was the spiritual pieces that and I'm calling them spiritual. They were just life experiences, knowing that I wasn't alone, that actually kept me going yeah. throughout that whole process. I love that. And I love that you just said, and the pain in between, because mm-hmm. for me and for many people, when we experience grief and we lose a loved one, you know, it isn't solely all of these amazing experiences right. strung together and we live on cloud nine. We go through the highs and the lows. And sometimes when we ask for a message, it doesn't come immediately. Sometimes it does. Other times it unfolds. It reveals itself later and usually in the most unexpected ways. I love the story about the gentleman in the grocery store because it it's like we can open our ears, open our eyes. It's not just through the extrasensory abilities. Audibly, we can hear things or the messages come through other people or a song or, of course, yeah. animals. And there are many ways that we can receive all of those validations and signs. And then when we string them together and start to generate that momentum, because that's very much mm-hmm. part of my story in developing gifts, is creating the momentum and the belief and the hope and and the healing that comes with that. Talk to me, because this, when you're talking about the gentleman in the grocery store, this also reminds me of when I first, I've had my gifts since I was young. I did not know how to communicate them, understand them, uh, or develop them at a young age. And trauma, of course, propelled that. Painful scenarios, yeah. really, and then me deciding to get on a healing journey to really make the decision that I wanted to heal and grow is is what tuned me in in a different way in terms of developing these gifts. But I know early on at that in that part of my journey, I could not shut the voices and the people and the spirits off. I mean, I would be in the grocery store. I would be at the hair salon. I'd be on an airplane. I would be at work. It didn't matter. Spirits were showing up left and right. And at first, I didn't have all the courage. I also didn't really know healthy ethical boundaries around communicating messages because there are those two in terms of what we do but I also couldn't shut off all the energy and the voices have you had that experience and it's different for me today I I know how to uh, create those boundaries and tune it out and be grounded but what about you is that does that resonate have you had that same experience totally like at the very beginning my excitement was I want to (laughs) practice So my soul wanted these experiences. I wouldn't say that back then because I didn't know that at that Me point. Me neither. Now, right? Like when you're saying that, yeah. it's the, I was, you know, I was afraid and excited, but more hopeful and, okay, I'm open. I'm ready for these gifts. And they would come. Yeah. And it was exciting and confusing. But yes, it was the same excitement. And I wouldn't have said excitement back then either. 
I know I would have no clue. And yeah. I, it's funny because it wasn't until I started to train other mediums that I started to recognize it. Mm-hmm. It was like, I saw the patterns that I had when I started and I see them in my mediums that are just starting out the ones that I'm right. working. And they're like, I didn't know how to shut this off. I'm like, you can shut it off, but your soul wants to practice. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like, we want to have those practice experiences. So our soul is open to receive them. But once you set aside the time to practice, that sort of thing goes away and then you're mindfully closing down. But that's exactly what happened to me at the very beginning. I'd be at the grocery store. I'm like, okay, let me just practice this. Let me just sense who's behind me and let me see if there's anyone around them. But now I would never even do that because when I'm working with clients, I want to savor that energy for them. And I would never tap into someone's energy without permission, you know, and at the time- Me neither. And also I want my space and my energy and I need my, my time, my health, my revitalization. But yes, you're right. In the beginning, it is almost like the snowball effect of practice, excitement. I'm open. My antenna is up. I'm receptive, but also knowing how to ground that in. And then I love what you just said about savoring your energy for your clients because I feel very much the same way because what we do is it is a gift but it it also is extremely it can be very draining at times it can also be highly uplifting and reciprocal but there are certain times where I know what my boundaries are what my limits are what my energy is how do you work on taking care of your energy and refueling that and then also creating those healthy boundaries with people too with clients yeah so that's a good question one of the things that I found is my mediumship mirrors my personal life so if I'm like in a state where I'm not maybe I'm feeling too much and I'm saying yes, too much outside of the mediumship. Like someone says, Hey, do you want to go out here? And I really don't want to go out, but I keep saying yes to those things or doing things that I'm not passionate about. I find myself or I found myself leaking my energy and getting my boundaries crossed where people would ask me for mediumship readings when I didn't want to do them. So it's like seeing those patterns that come up and saying, okay, when am I not standing in my power in my personal life? And how is this bleeding over to the mediumship stuff? That's, That's a great thing. way to look at it, by the way, of it, because it does, it comes back to our own energy within and what yeah. we're saying yes or no to. And I certainly, I'm a Libra, by the way. So, okay, you know, yeah. we're like, yes, yes, I want to do that. And then we get home, we're like, oh, I don't have the energy <laughs> to do that. And then, and then, of course, you know, we don't always know how to say no or figure out how to really authentically say thanks for asking me, but I can't do this. I know how to do that better today, obviously. But yeah. I do find that correlation as well with what you just said is when when my boundaries aren't as clear or whatever my health and wellness is and if my immune systems are down or I'm tired or restless or overextending myself, it will reflect back to me through lack of boundaries or yes, people asking me at random to do readings. And and I love to do that, but I also know how to say no today. And then I still also love to be out and about in the world and when something organically comes through, And it feels aligned and true and healthy and just like me sharing my gift freely. I get to do that and it's exhilarating. But then I also know how to set that boundary when people cross over and are asking, you know, for information. And I just I feel sometimes I can feel resentful of it and saying, you know, I guess I do know how to do this, but gosh, I'm just sitting here having dinner right now, or I just want to talk about girl stuff or, you know, with my girlfriends or or whatever it may be. No, I could totally relate to that, what you're saying. And it's funny because like years ago, I think I was so focused on proving that I could do it that if they said, well, okay, what are you picking up now? Then I would try to tune in, but really that's not from the space of where I'm at right now. And I didn't recognize it until I went through it. But it's true. Like there's times where I'm like, well, I would rather set aside time when I'm working with clients. Like if someone says, oh, so what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to be a conversation. If I open up to that, you know, like, especially if you're going to go and, you know, luckily I've had the same hairdresser forever. So she's not going to pick up anything. But if you go to like a new person that you're talking to, they're like, oh my gosh, are you picking up anything about me? You know, there's going to be things like that that come up. 
And I always say, well, I don't open up unless I'm with my clients. So if I did, I would be walking around exhausted. So I always say that. Yeah, that's a great, and that's a great way to say it that is honest and it's, it's authentic and it creates that boundary for you. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made Raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Tell me a little bit about in your mediumship classes and developing mediums, what are some of the foundational tools and kind of the 101s that you start with in your initial class and opening new mediums up? Because I know our listeners out there, so many people, not everyone, so many people are open to connecting to their intuition, their voice, but also wanting to connect with loved ones and people on the yeah. other side. So give us, give me, you know, some tools and tips and insights into beginning to develop those gift and gifts and connecting with loved ones. Yes. So one of my programs with the mediumship is unlock your inner medium. And the first step that we do in that program is really getting clear on your beliefs, because a lot of us have those beliefs like, oh, gosh, what if I connect in with something bad? Or is this going to go against being Catholic and I'm going to create a sin just by tuning in? Also, what beliefs do you have that's connected to your childhood where maybe you had an imaginary friend and you felt like there was something more, but an adult told you, no, that's not real. So like really getting clear on that. And sometimes people come to me and they're like, I know I'm intuitive, but I don't even know if I can do this with mediumship. I just feel really interested and intrigued by it. So we get clear first where you're at, because I believe everyone can fine tune this. I believe there's some people that have you know, they're born with an ear for music and they can start playing the piano at two. And then I believe that some people, they might learn at 30 or 50, but they have a teacher and they're practicing and they're figuring it out, but they both have to practice to get better at it. And I feel like the same goes for mediumship. So just really getting clear on the beliefs. And then I teach them how to simplify connecting in where it doesn't have to be overcomplicated to get really clear on what are your strong senses in your normal life? Like, 
Are you a, a person that's really good with daydreaming and seeing visions in your head? Are you a person that's really heightened and hearing? Or are you a feeler and very empathic? And getting clear on that and using that to your advantage when you're going through and practicing. Like the first thing that we do is I show them a picture of a past loved one and they open up and just have fun with it and take a breath and just allow themselves to have fun and just make up a story about the past loved one in the photo and it's the same side of the brain when you're using your imagination, just like mediumship. People shock themselves what they could do in the first class because they're in a space where they feel safe. And I think that's the biggest thing that I always want to create a safe environment where they don't feel like they're asking any questions that come off as stupid or, you know, I want everyone to feel comfortable. I think that's the third grade teacher in me, where if you feel safe, you're going to learn faster and you can learn really quick. Absolutely. So and I, I love that too. Of course, it, it shines through that you are a teacher and that you create safety for people to express and grow their gifts and extrasensory abilities. But I also love that you encourage people to use the creative part of our brain, the intuitive creative side, because we get so stuck in the binary and the yes. analytical that I know for me and I know for you through building these muscles, these cognitive muscles, we interconnect the right and left hemispheres of the brain to be able to use our analysis, but also to tap it into the receptive, creative, intuitive sides. I also love that you pointed out, you encourage people to tap into their their sensory abilities that are more natural. Do you envision things? Do you feel things? Do you hear things audibly? So the clairs, you know, clairsentience, yes. audience, that's what you're referring to. And that for me was very uh, important in the beginning, recognizing that a lot of my stuff just came in downloads of code and information that I learned to put words to. <laughs> to eventually and that was the primary gift was just a kind of a knowing rather than you know clairvoyance seeing images on a screen that wasn't natural to me or the clear audience of hearing things but it's interesting that over time and I would assume that you would find this with yourself or with your students that once we start to recognize our primary gifts and and leaning on those and developing those more the other ones start to become more accessible and fine-tuned it's amazing how it kind of going back to that that antenna analogy the more you tune it to the radio station the stronger the frequency gets in so many aspects of of our our gifts and abilities to hear and see and know and feel and communicate yes totally and sometimes people will come to me and they'll take a class you know be in the mentorship and once their strong ability was clairvoyance and they could see clearly all of a sudden that kind of got put on the back burner and something else is strong and that one's not as strong. And that's kind of, it's normal when you're trying to fine tune one sense and then the other one kind of goes in the background and yeah. then that can come back too. But I believe sometimes we can rely on one sense as a crutch. I used to rely yeah. on clairvoyance all the time and I wasn't a feeler. And then I started to think, okay, I want to be able to feel more. And I recognized that I was really numbing out in my personal life. I was numbing out my feelings because of my own loss. Yeah. And it was like, I went through the pain of that. I did all of the crying. And then all of a sudden I started to numb out for the future. And it wasn't until I wanted to really fine tune that clear sentience, the feeling that I even knew that it, that was what was missing with feeling that presence of spirit. Yeah. So it's really interesting how it all works. Absolutely. That's so amazing. I want you to share a story or something that comes to mind. Yeah. One of those kind of mind-blowing experiences, and, and I know we have lots of them, and sometimes it, it's I, I can't remember everything because sometimes I'm in a state or in a, most yeah. of the time I'm in a space where I actually – I'm dropped into an altered consciousness and I don't consciously remember, but sharing a story that, that really changed you, that grew you and really maybe even solidified your gifts and that your gifts could be an avocation and that they were your yes. avocation. Gosh, this is so hard because I'm thinking of like these glimpses of things that have happened to me. Me too. I get um, it. So you can share so glimpses hard. if you want, like pull whatever yeah. you want out. So, okay. So I'll share one example that I've shared a bunch of times, yeah. but I was doing a group audience event in Tampa and my husband was there at the time. He was in the audience or he was to the side at a table and there's a big group of people and it was the last reading 
and there was a man in the audience. He went, he was dragged there. I found out actually during my reading from his friend that died that said he was dragged there um, to the event with his girlfriend or something. But I could see his whole energy transform when his friend came through during this reading. And one of the things that his friend kept talking about was it was certain numbers. I don't remember the number. So it was 77. I'm just making that number up. But he told him his name, the person that was coming through. And then he said, I'm with you and I'm, I'm with your daughter. There was something to that effect. And he said he has a tattoo on him. And the guy lifted up his leg and he had pants on, lifted up the bottom part of the pants, and he had all sevens running up and down his leg that was covered with pants. Oh, my gosh. And at the end of the event, my husband talked to the guy. He came up to uh, my husband and said, I was a skeptic, and now I'm not. And he said, you know, he was this big guy that was just like, you know, you look tough on the exterior. You never know what's happening inside. But he said he was changed. And that always sticks with me. Because I know he got healed that day from his friends coming through. So that's one example. And I love that. I I love how you also said that sometimes names come through for you. That usually doesn't happen for me. I I do not typically get names. Uh, It's not the way that I connect. A lot of times I will get personalities and my whole personality shifts to marry that other person's personality, the tone of my voice or the way I'm speaking. So there are certain things and that come through, but you know what you reminded me and these are, this is what I love about these dialogues because there are so many instances that I forget my husband and I were together and we were, I forget where we were, but uh, I, there was this woman that we were talking to and her mother was clearly coming through and getting my attention and wanting me to communicate messages. And I said to the woman, I said, I just want you to know I am a medium and there is a woman coming through. And I said, I'm pretty sure it's your deceased mother. Would you like to receive messages from her? And she said, oh, heck no. She didn't say heck no. She, she mm-hmm. was like, oh, no, I don't want to hear from that woman. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, she's coming through pretty strongly. She wants to talk to you. Well, I don't want to talk to her, but what's she saying? You know, that's, I don't want to talk yeah. to her, but what's she saying? And I said, well, she, she this woman had a turtleneck on. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I said, well, she's talking about the tattoo on your chest And she says, oh, yeah, she wouldn't like that tattoo. And I said, well, is it of some flowers? Or She thinks it's very beautiful. And the woman looked at me, and she said, I have a tattoo of these roses on my chest. And she had had breast cancer, and she had had multiple surgeries from the breast cancer. And I said, no, she, she loves those tattoos. And she says she's glad they're close to your heart and healing. And after that, and the woman almost started to cry. She softened quite a bit. And she said, I don't want to hear anything else from her. Okay, thank you for that, but I don't want to hear anything else from her. And I remember, and my husband was standing there. And it's in those moments where we don't know what anyone does with that information, but it was so poignant. And I would never, obviously, have known about that tattoo. And it was from her mother, and there was a lot of pain in that relationship, quite obviously. But her mother made it a point to come through and, you know, give her that energy to say, well, what is she saying? You know, I mean, because she wanted to know, but she didn't want to know. But it was just enough. And it was you know, it was heart opening for me because I was also able to, and I, I would think that you experienced this because this has been really helpful for me personally is with boundaries with other people is knowing where my voice is, what I share, and then whatever people do with the information, as long as it is coming from my heart and from a healthy place and from my highest voice and my gift, that's their story, not mine. Um, So I don't take things personally or think, oh, gosh, what did they think about me? Or did I say the wrong thing? Because I've had those insecurities before, but I I don't really have them that often, especially when I feel in my heart center and in that space. But I love the tattoo stories because that's I had forgotten that story until you. I love that. that. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps because like you brought up the the tattoo and then also her knowing that her mother was going through that with her while she was dealing with the breast cancer, which is so beautiful. 
Yeah. I love that. It was a really great journey. Let me ask you one more question because this is coming to mind. You were talking about um, automatic writing. I find that very helpful just in my personal journey. But will you talk a little bit about automatic writing and how that can help not only with developing your intuition, but mediumship specifically? How do you how do you set that up? How do you do it? I think that is such a great nugget and tool for anybody out there getting started, both in intuitive development and mediumship development. Yes. So with automatic writing, some people use it, you know, the computer to type on. I didn't do that. I would write with my pen, Um, but I would take out a notebook. There were times where I'd put Enya in the background or something like relaxing to kind of get me in that zone. And I would allow myself to open up and I'd say, whoever I wanted to connect in with, I'd say, okay, I'm allowing you to come through my writing, write through me and just answer me. So I always started by writing them a letter first, and then I would let them use my hands to channel writing. So sometimes when you're doing that, I start by saying, okay, I'm allowing you to write right now. I'm allowing you to write right now. And I just repeat the same line over and over again until information flowed through. Sometimes I'd get information so quick that I couldn't keep up with my writing when I was writing. I've had that. I have that happen oftentimes when I automatic write. Yeah, it's and my hand starts to hurt and it's like all this information is flooding through. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's easy to kind of get out of the automatic writing and go into like third grade teacher mode and start editing the writing. But that's not channeled. So it's like you have to like get out of the human mind and just allow. It's almost like when you give a reading if you think too much about it, you'll get knocked out of the link with the spirit realm. So it's just letting go and allowing them to write through you. And then you'll know when to stop. You'll just stop writing. But it takes a little bit of practice. This is one thing that my students, sometimes they'd be like, oh, I'm struggling with this piece. And I'd say like, skip over that exercise and go back to it. Don't force it. It's not something that you can force. Because once you force it, you're in your head and it's just not it's blocked. It's like it's like that, like you said, walking through glue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the glue, it's the same. It it's the resistance. And it yeah. is I, I know that it is um, it's not fleeting, but it, it comes through in this very synergistic aligned way that is is hard to verbally communicate, but it's a feeling, yeah. a knowing, a presence. And it's it's not sustainable in human form to be in that space all the time. Right. You know, it, it really is snippets of information for little moments in time that come through so purely and clearly. Yeah, I think the automatic writing is a really great tool. Is there anything else that you would recommend for people diving into their mediumship development as far as some, some tools to get them started and open up? Yeah, the I abilities? would definitely buy a notebook specifically for your mediumship hits. So if you find that you're talking to a friend and they lost a brother and you're talking about the brother and all of a sudden you get this overwhelming feeling, you know, and you ask permission for your friends, like, Hey, are you open? If he says anything to me, if that happens at the beginning, a lot of the times this sort of thing happens unplanned at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I would say just write down the intuitive hit, whether you tell them or not, put the date next to it. And then when it's confirmed, just put a check mark next to it. So you can build up your confidence And then also get yourself into a space where you can practice with other people that are doing it. I really feel like the power of community is so helpful and having the strategies and the techniques. The other thing that I always recommend too, like I talked about pictures, maybe you have a friend that you can practice with or they have a friend and you tell them you're in practice mode, but you want to see a picture of a past loved one and you just want to look at it and allow yourself to just jot down notes or tell them what you're getting. Like you might hear a song that comes in your head, or you might even want to hold an item from a past loved one too. Right. And see what you pick up. You'll feel like you're making it up though. It will feel like you're making up the story. You might see like holds a flannel shirt and you're holding it. And you're like, well, I feel like this person liked to work outside in the winter. And you think it might sound general, but you can go deeper with it. It's about just practicing. Really, you can't just read a book. You have to practice it, I would say. Um, yeah, and you have to follow those threads, come. even if they if it feels like or cognitively we think we're making it up in our mind. It's really how we develop 
those gifts. And and the discussion, having someone to practice with, a safe space, yeah. like you already talked about feeling safe and in where you are, you know, checking in with your beliefs. I love I love what you said about getting grounded in what I believe and the genesis of some of those beliefs and experiences from childhood or in certain environments and then and then finding safe space, finding safe community practicing, discussing it. And then also it's like just that reflection on it, what you're learning and what you're, you know, what's opening up for you. It builds, it builds the confidence for sure. And it, it helps strengthen the muscles, but then it also, it just grows our abilities. I think that's such, such great insight. Get a journal, get a journal, a mediumship journal. I have to add this in because of, yeah, I, she's here with me. So that's why I have to add it in because she's telling me to um, talk about it too. One of my mentors, Mavis Patilla, she's from England. Um, uh-huh. She passed a year ago. She comes through all the time still um, since she passed. But one of the things I interviewed her actually on, on the podcast, and she talks about mediumship being natural at first, then unnatural and natural again. And I'm like, that makes so much sense because at the beginning of your mediumship journey, you have these spurts of like random things come out. There's excitement and there's confirmation. And then when you go to take a class, it you're pretty much looked at and observed and you're trying to make it happen on command. It's different. And then it becomes natural. So just know that there's a process to it and don't get stuck on one way. It's going to evolve. Thank you, Mavis. Time. Yes. Thank you, Mavis. Amazing. <laughs> that yeah. is amazing. I it love that. Gift. Okay. You talked about your podcast. Share with everyone about your podcast, where they can, and also tell everyone out there where they can find you, connect, follow you, link up for a session or class. Give us your info. Okay. Perfect. So I am at lindsaymarino.com and then I'm on social media, Instagram, Lindsay Marino Medium, uh, Facebook, Lindsay Marino, and I'm just posting all my stuff on TikTok. I'm getting used to it. I'm just doing everything over there on the same thing. There's so many different options. And then my podcast is on my website and YouTube, the Lindsay and Tony podcast. I love that. And Tony is your husband. Yes, he is my husband. That was actually childhood friends with Nick that passed. So we were brought together after. And that whole story is on my website. That's a whole other uh, topic. But um, well, definitely you yeah. all go and listen to Lindsay's story about those dots connecting through her lost love who wasn't isn't so lost but connected you with your present love today. That That to me yeah. is preciously divine. Uh, I love hearing that. Thank you so much for joining us today on Soul Sessions. For everyone out there, connect with Lindsay. And also, if you're looking to develop your mediumship, if you check out the blog on soulpathology.com, we have a, I have a Mediumship 101 blog. And then also the blog on the Claire's, Clairvoyance, Clairsentience. Those two, to me, really go hand in hand. But taking away the nuggets that and the pearls of wisdom that Lindsay shared, especially around automatic writing, getting a journal, finding safe space, safe community to practice with, connections to practice, and then and finding the time to really reflect and and also trusting the process. I, I, I want to repeat one thing that you said from Mavis, from your teacher and now guide, Mavis, about mediumship being exciting and expansive at first, and then it becoming unfamiliar and difficult and challenging, and then it opening back up again. Trusting that process in the in the waves, I think that's very, very relatable and very true in my journey as well. So thank you for joining us today, Lindsay, and sharing all your information and all the work that you do uh, with your gifts and giving your gifts and the gifts of healing and connection with loved ones who are always there for us to others. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. It was so good talking with you. So wonderful to connect. Thank you, Lindsay. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, 
iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 